Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host... Liel Zahaviasa. How you doing, Liel Zahaviasa? <laughs> I'm exhausted. How are you, Mike? Me too. I'm a little beat. I just got back from uh, teaching in a traffic jam. But I am energized by, once again, having Kalev Bendor. How are you doing, Kalev? I am good, uh, Mike. I, I feel a bit guilty because last time we spoke, we said that we would have solved all of, I don't know if it was all of the global problems or just all of the Middle Eastern problems. Mm-hmm. It was two weeks ago. It's been very little progress. So mm-hmm. it's great to be with you, but I, I do feel a bit guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is mostly your fault, but I, but I think you're being a little harsh on yourself. I think, I think uh, there hasn't been like a World War III in the last two weeks, so I, I think you can take Russia the, still hasn't invaded Ukraine, so yeah, you know, that's positive. Well done, sir. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Us some, you're giving us some hope. So a bunch of things have happened in the news, but our main topic tonight is going to be because largely because of Kalev's connections to uh, Kalev is uh, to the British Jewish community to talk about. Uh, Minister of Knesset, opposition minister, uh, uh, Smotrich's visit to the UK. But it is worth mentioning that uh, that uh, the continued growth of the relationship in, in, in the region between Israel and Gulf states like Bahrain, the, the prime minister himself just visited Bahrain for, I think, largely technical reasons, yeah, to talk about different deals and... Uh, we definitely think lis- listeners should keep their radar up for, unfortunately, for things to heat up uh, in the Sheikh Jarrah controversy. But uh, Kalev, can you sort of briefly summarize Smotrich's visit to England and why that caused a little mini brouhaha and just sort of lay out what the events were and then we'll sort of unpack it? Yeah, I'll try to, Mike. I mean, the, the British Jewish community, um, of which I once belonged, is around 220, 250,000 people. Um, there's there's an ultra-Orthodox community. Um, I'd say the majority of the community is, is primarily Zionist. It's primarily self-defines as Orthodox, but it's also not observant. So it's going to shul potentially driving, certainly watching TV, um, but not being reform. And the mm. main represent the official representatives of that community is known as the Board of Deputies. Um, there's every now and then uh, many people who feel that it's not representative of them, but it is kind of the official representation of the community. And when How does the chief rabbi fit into that setup? I mean, the chief rabbi is the, well, the chief rabbi is is, also, is just the orthodox chief rabbi. He's also the chief rabbi, not mm-hmm. just of, of, of Britain, but actually of the Commonwealth. Um, mm. But he's, it's, it, it's, it's a separate institution from mm-hmm. the board. But if there were to be a meeting about, I don't know, Kashrut or something Jewishy related, um, probably the go-to people for the government would be the board of deputies. Um, again, I, I guess there's lots of arguments over how relevant they are, how necessary they are, but but that's kind of the main that's kind of the main organisation. I mean, for uh, this story, that 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 was helpful background. Okay, so uh, Pesel Smotrich, who is the leader of the 
I always say the so-called religious Zionist uh, party because uh, in addition to growing up in Britain, I also grew up uh, in a religious Zionist home and a religious Zionist youth movement and uh, I'm not convinced that the values that, that Smotrich and others promote is the same. Well, I'm, I'm certain it's not the same as the one that I grew up with, but he is the leader of one of the um, major parties in the Knesset. There's a certain irony also about Smotrich because I think one could argue that he is he and his party and the strength of his party are primarily in the Knesset because Netanyahu did his utmost to um, to promote him and to get people to vote for him. It's so ironic. Three small fringe priorities that are pretty extreme. Absolutely, but Netanyahu realized that he he would only get yeah, yeah. He, Netanyahu realized he'd only get his sixty one if they were in the government. So he very much pushed for them to be in. He even encouraged regularly could voters to vote for them instead. Um, mm-hmm. Many people would say he, he kind of gave a kosher stamp, not just for Smotrich, but for someone like Itamar Ben-Gvir, who, who, who's a Kahanist, uh, mm-hmm. which the Kahanist party was once banned in the Knesset. But ironically, the reason why, again, this is arguable, but the reason why Netanyahu is not prime minister today is because when he wanted to bring in the Islamist Ram party, it was Smotrich's party who opposed it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So there's a certain irony with Smotrich that he's in Knesset or his party is as strong as it is because of Netanyahu. Netanyahu is also not prime minister because of Smotrich. Um, well, what, what Netanyahu did was to build, as, as he lost more and more uh, seats, he tried to expand his coalition size by expanding the Overton window. In other words, things that were traditionally not allowed into the Knesset he brought in and figured with them in the Knesset, he'll be able to hold on to a coalition, hold on to the government. But when you bring in anti-Arab racists and Islamic Arabs and change the status quo, allowing them into the Knesset, turns out they don't want to sit together in a coalition. So that blew up in his face, which is why he's not prime minister now. Yes, Is that fair? Yeah. Listen, I will say to Smotrich's credit, and there's very few things I'd say to Smotrich's credit. I'll say to Smotrich's credit, the Smotrich's position on Ram, isn't, it, it could well have, have, have um, been partially based on racism, but I think it was also strategic. Uh, and, and, and it made a certain amount of strategic sense. Because if Arab parties join the coalition and are successful, mm-hmm. at the next, and this is also Ram's bet as well, at the next election, instead of, I don't know, 50%, 60% voter turnout in the Arab party, uh, in the Arab community, you will have, um, you literally will have Arabs going to the polls in droves. Um, mm-hmm. And that will significantly alter the shape of the Knesset. There's no, there's no real reason why Arab parties why, should why be getting it? kind of 13 or 15 seats rather than 20. Um, so Smotrich's argument was, we should not be giving it a win for any Arab party, because the moment the Arab party's representation goes up, the right will never be in power. Um, it's it's an interesting argument, but but again, there's, a, a, there's an irony. Netanyahu is not prime minister primarily because of Smotrich. Look, I, I agree with you that that's a strategic argument, but I think anyone who believes in democracy wants more... To support democracy means you want to support more voting, higher voting turnout so that more people are represented, even the people you might disagree with. So in saying my strategy is to keep the Arabs with less power, I think is certainly inherently racist, but also the people, look, Smotrich is a figure who, he didn't wake up 
this year at Interpolitics. He, part of his beginning of his public role was in his, uh, you know, anti-pride parade and without going into the details of the disrespect that he showed in it, which he's apologized for being harshly nasty to elements of society he disagrees with. And he has been, he has learned to be a more sophisticated and diplomatic politician, which is to his, again, I agree with you. There are things you can say to his credit, but Ben Gvir, who's number two, regularly calls Arab members of Knesset terrorists. Like so, and that's his party. So whether he openly calls them terrorists or not, the strategy of we don't want to give them a win so that there'll be fewer Arab voters, so that Arabs and Arab Israelis have less of a say, it's hard to argue that that isn't based on a racist idea rather than a democratic idea. And he certainly has a party which is anti-Arab and wants to disenfranchise certainly the West Bank Arabs, but even look into disenfranchise, you know, giving loyalty oaths to Israeli citizen Arabs. They, they, they don't explicitly move away from that policy. So yeah, it's Smotrich in, racist, it, sometime over know. the last month, Smotrich stood up in the Knesset and told the Arab MKs that they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wishes, uh, he wishes it had been set up that way and uh, it was a mistake of the founding fathers to enfranchise them. So that's Smotrich, basically. And Smotrich is, so the story is, so Smotrich is on his way to London, which I'm not even sure how many people even knew, to be honest. But the board came out with a very strongly worded uh, Hebrew tweet, basically telling Smotrich that he wasn't welcome and that he mm-hmm. should get back on the plane. Not welcome in England. I think maybe they also called on other um, Jewish organisations not not to meet with him. It, it subsequently came out... Um, that uh, Mizrahi, uh, kind of religious Zionist organization, and some Bnei Akiva emissaries had met mm-hmm. with him, um, which, as a Bnei Akiva alumni, is for me is a very interesting and is a very interesting um, point of discussion. As to, and then mm-hmm. Bnei Akiva came out saying that they, they don't agree with it. And it's difficult to know with these youth movements, whether it's just so disorganized that the right hand doesn't yeah. know what the left hand's doing or that it was, who knows. Um, and so, but, but it, it's, it's extremely rare, I think even unprecedented for the board to come out with any sort of statement, kind of disinviting or, or kind of not wanting someone to be in England Certainly, in such harsh, harsh language. So that that's ba- that's basically the, the story. Mm-hmm. Do we know why he was going there in the first place? Like, what his intention was? My understanding was it, it was it was to rally up support against some of the um, reforms that Matan Kahana, the the Minister of Religious Affairs, is trying to push through with Kashrut conversion. Um, not really sure what what Smotrich was 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 looking for. In, in why, did, why did he think England would be a good place to go? <laughs> That's such a great question. Well, I mean, he was going to he was going to England and France, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, oh after, well, France. Huh. You know, after the US, probably I think France is is the largest Jewish community. Britain is yeah, a very France. strong uh, European mm-hmm. Jewish community. It's close by. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really sure how I would imagine Unclear. what Smotrich's decision making process is. But um, 
that 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 was his plan and and um I don't know whether this strengthens Smotrich or not. I guess, you know, there, there are people who said, yes, I understand where the board's coming from, but it was disrespectful or, you know, we, we should be welcoming any sort of MK. You know, there's all sorts of reasons, but certainly very unprecedented. Um, I think my feeling on it is that, isn't it, that there's a lot of people in Israel and a lot, the British Jewish community is is not super right wing or super left wing. I mean, I guess whatever right and left wing means these days, but it's 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 really it's it's mainstream Zionist. You know, you've got you've got your you've got your Likud vote, you've got your Likud supporters or your your Netanyahu supporters, and you've got people who don't like Netanyahu. Um, it's certainly not dominated by reform. It's not dominated by far leftists. It's not dominated by assimilated Jews in a, in any sense. Um, mm-hmm. My my feeling is is that to be on a territorial level. To be as right wing as Smotrich is not that it's not that rare. It's not mainstream in, right. in England, but you've you've certainly got a large number of the British Jewish community who wouldn't, you know, who who wouldn't feel comfortable with the Palestinian state, who would be worried that it would have security ramifications, who might feel that the, the West Bank is, is full of cult, historical and religious. That, that that's not really the issue with Smotrich. I, I kind of call it a bingo card that you've got. Um, what you think about Arabs, what you think about the LGBT community, um, and what you think about non-Orthodox Jews. And mm. Smotrich basically wins bingo. That is a terrible bingo game. Uh, it, it, well, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fundamentalist bingo game. This is someone mm-hmm. who... Yeah, uh, I'm not it, playing bingo at your house, Kalev. Like, that's just out. Fair enough, fair enough, Mike. Well, you, yeah. haven't, you haven't been invited either, so... Yeah. That's true. That is um, act, that's totally Well, he fair. just might show up like Smotridge, even though he's not in <laughs> I will put out a tweet in, in very strongly right. worded Hebrew. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, listen, Smotridge is, is, has been very harsh. Um, I, I, Mike talked about the, the Pride Parade. I, I don't know if... Um, I don't know if, if Smotrich called called uh, called them beasts or called them uh, you know something else, but it's it's not particularly it's not particularly pleasant. Um, been very very anti Arab statements. I think his wife talked about not wanting uh, an Arab midwife to deliver their child, um, and he's he, he's very anti uh, progressive um, progressive non orthodox jury. So. Th- that, but, but again, he's also the leader of a party that unites two yes, other. Yes, and he's the leader of a party parties, that's got Kahanis them, in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's, and, and when you you say Kahanis, I, I hope our listeners understand the mission of that party is to disenfranchise, possibly expel, separate Arabs as much as possible from Arab Israelis and certainly West Bank Arabs to push them out of where they live. I mean, it's it's a pretty radical racist approach towards, and I would say not democratic approach towards politics. And the other branch of the party, that was the Otsma Yehudi section that joined together. Then there's the Noam party, which is about, how how do you say it in a way that's, look, I'm not trying to be judgmental here. I'm just trying to be accurate. You could could say family values. That would be be a- Well, family values doesn't express the, the, the policy goal, which is to try to create policies where the LGBTQ community feels are, are, are less visible in public life. Let's put it that way. In other words, what you do, we're not telling anyone what to do in their home, 
but there should be no legal, you know, adoption or, you know, uh, 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 certainly uh, marriage benefits to soldiers, you know, or, or, or all the all the things that, that we've been changing over the last, whatever, 10, 20 years, so that the LGBTQ community can feel a, a part of society, the Noam party is against. So I, I think I'm being just very, obviously, there's a judgment here. But I think I'm being just accurate when I say this is, this is a racist and homophobic party that he's the head of. He's the more polite, possibly closest to a fig leaf member of that party as the leader. But that, that's what the party stands for. It's, it's pretty fundamentalist, extreme in its positions and way out of step with the rest of Israeli culture would not have passed the threshold as three individual parties, which is why Netanyahu asked them to run together so he could have more right-wing seats. Yeah, listen, I think, I think, I think it's important, again, Smotrich, I don't, again, not spokesperson for the board, obviously, but, but Smotrich was not made unwelcome because he happens to have, in my opinion, territorially right-wing views. A lot of British Jews, just as a lot of Israeli yeah, Jews, sure have yeah. those sorts of views. It's really that, you know, if you are going to have that position on on Arabs um, and, and LGBT and a non-Orthodox Jewry, then you are very, very much out of step with um, the vast majority of British Jews. Uh, so I, it, it was a pretty unprecedented statement, but I think that was really the reasoning behind it. And again, the, the board and others are really in the forefront of, of fighting the good fight for Israel uh, in the UK, whether that's against um, amnesty, labelling of apartheid, or all, all, sort, all sorts of things. Um, and so in some way, it's, it's legitimate to then turn around and say, listen, the, the Israel that you, as regardless of whether you're an MK, the Israel that you represent, that, that's not the Israel that we have any interest in uh, in welcoming into in, into the country, I, I think the, the the dilemma that you were laying out earlier was if if their goal is to be supportive of the state of Israel and Zionism in general, then they should be apolitical about Israeli politics and welcome representatives of wherever you are in the political spectrum, and be absolutely tolerant of all the different valid political expressions. And the question becomes. Can you also be tolerant towards intolerance? In other words, is there is there a moral line where I say, we're not arguing over buses on Shabbat here. We're not arguing over, uh, I don't know, uh, the price of cottage cheese or or you know privatizing you know, more roads. I, I don't know. It's these this these are not normal political issues. That whatever side you take or how aggressively you're pursuing peace policies or whatever. This is, we want to take Israeli citizens and reduce their civil and political rights in the public sphere based on their gender identity or ethnicity. And so the board made a decision, obviously, that there is one thing that we will be intolerant towards, and that is intolerance. And the question is, I guess for the three of us, what do we think about that, Leo? What do you think? I think it's an interesting question, right? It 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 obviously prioritizes their they're they're putting at the forefront the their their own values, their own personal values over 
I guess, um, accepting, accepting an Israeli politician, accepting Israel's um, decision to, well, not Israel, right? But like the political system in Israel to elect this person, to bring this person into the Knesset as a Knesset member. Um, I think that in, on one hand, they have a, they have a right to do that. I, I understand why diaspora Jews right. would do such it's a, a thing. Dilemma, they have, right. they have, they have, it's, there's an autonomy that they uh, have a right to. And I think that that mm-hmm. is, that, that definitely is it. Um, and on the other hand, it, it sort of opens up a whole question of um, where's the, con- where do we converge with, uh, you know, we as in Israel and Israelis and, you know, what we're doing here and the project that's happening here and where do we converge and where do we sort of really disconnect with, um, with diaspora, with, you know, our diaspora brothers and sisters. And, um, and again, I think it's also important to remember that, I don't know, the majority of Israeli voters didn't, didn't vote for Smotrich. Um, it is a select number of people who, who, you know, who's, who are the reason that he voted in. And like we talked about before, it's a small minority. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and there's obviously a lot of Israelis who don't you know agree with him and don't support him and, and are, their values aren't aligned with him whatsoever. Um, and it's sort of interesting. Right. You have people in Israel who are um, who probably would very much agree with with the Jewish community in, in England um, and maybe would have made the same decision, except they live in the country in, under which Smotrich is a is an MK. So um I don't know. I guess I guess the truth is is that I'm sort of leaning more towards under like understanding them and having mm-hmm. um having you know the sense that they they have a right to say they, they have a right to make that decision. Um to and draw it's their sort lines. of making a yeah. yeah, it's sort of making a a value statement and saying this is where we don't I I will say though that for the people very, very small minority that you know Kalev shared with us that potentially do want to hear from Smotrich, um I do feel bad for them because because if you know they wanted to speak to him and they wanted that that option or that ability, then and they were sort of shut down by the rest of the community, or they had the rest of the community speak for them rather. So I I don't I don't know if that was a conflict within their community, but that's the one thing that I would say was a little is a little. It, do, it doesn't sound like there was a there was a huge demand that most of the organizations under their ages sort of said mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're cool with that at least organizationally. But you're right individually. That doesn't really count for all the individuals. What do you think, Khalif? Do you agree with Liao? I, I kind of agree with Liao that that it's not. I would say yes, and Liao that that it's not just that they, based on their own personal philosophy, said that this is a line we have to draw. They're saying right. It's not just their own personal values. It's how they understand the values of the state of Israel, which is a democratic state, which is in its Declaration of Independence says believes in the goal of civil and political rights to all of its, and, and calls out to the local Arab inhabitants to take part in, in Israeli life, I would argue that this is a party that doesn't necessarily, uh, at least as, as the, what the, 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 this British organization is saying, we don't think you're, you're good representatives of Israel and we don't want you here. It's not just our values. It's how we understand it's, it's our, it's as, as, as pro-Israel Zionists. You're against those values, which is which is why I sympathize earlier when when Kalev when you said, you know, the so-called religious Zionist party. I don't call them that. I call them the religious part Zionist party. And it, as a person who who defines himself as religious Zionist, that it's a deeply viscerally painful 
reality that it's the party that calls itself religious Zionist is is sort of a, a smack in the face to everything that Rav Cook stood for about love and positivity and, and outreach and connection and increasing the positive and, and seeing the good in, 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 in even the people you disagree with. I, I it, it it's it's a core it, so so I'm I'm not really a fair. I have a dog in the fight. <laughs> I'm very much on the side of the board of deputies. Like to me, like I I just want to applaud them, but I'm not an objective. It sounded to me yeah. though that that the more primary issues were the I mean like Caleb was saying Caleb was saying before um, the you know not supporting the LGBTQ community. And I mean, the sort of more liberal values that that they were sh- like really disturbed by. I mean, did I have, did yeah. I have it wrong? Uh, I, I don't think it's a liberal value to say homophobia is bad. I don't think that's liberal. No, the opposite. I'm saying that what I'm saying the way that I understood it was that they were they they their issue or their, one of their primary issues was the is that they they don't agree with him in terms of who he is as a person in terms of his put Israel to the side for a second his personal mm-hmm. values and the way that he speaks to minority communities the way he speaks to LGBT mm-hmm. communities etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, Arab communities Arab right it seemed to me and maybe I have it wrong but it seemed to me that that's that that's the ultimate reason why they said we don't want to have you here. We're not interested in having you here because we don't agree with you are who you are as a as a human being, as a person. The values that you um, that that you put out there to the world are not in exact opposite and in conflict with with what we. Yeah, we don't agree with your in. behavior or values. Yeah, it's not. Right. It doesn't necessarily condemn him as an entire human being, but it says those values uh, are not appropriate in, in for a twenty first century Jewish leader. So I think that there's a a couple of things that I think are very interesting. One is the the framing that based on, it's not just based on our opinion, it's based on the Declaration of Independence and Israel as a Jewish and democratic state and all of the values that Israel is supposed to represent. Based on those, Mm -hmm. you as a representative of completely different values are not welcome in our community. It's not saying we just... We didn't want to have you. It's we we love Israel, and these are the values that Israel is supposed to represent. And based on those, you are not welcome. Mm-hmm. I think that's one framing. The other thing, um, something Liel said, which is just in general, like let's 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 zoom out. What is the relationship between Israel and the Jewish world? Um, what is what are legitimate topics for the Jewish world to bring its opinion or opinions on? Um, if this is supposed to be a, a conversation, um, then what w- w- what are topics that, that the Jewish community can can express on? And so you might say, well, this wasn't appropriate, or the language um, was particularly harsh, or how are you now going to be consistent when other MKs come who maybe people don't agree with? Those those are all fair points, but sh- there has to be. We have to allow some space for for Jewish world communities to say, this is not my Judaism, this is not my Mm -hmm. Zionism, Mm -hmm. Um, we do not want to welcome you into our community. Like, whether Smotrich is, which side that is, but 
we have to allow some space for diaspora communities to to express their opinion on on Israel related things. We can't just say whatever Israel decides, you've just got to get into line with. Yeah, I think that's fair. They can't vote, but at least this they have. This is a, this is the closest they have to voting. Yeah, it's that tension of like we don't have to let you into our house, even though you might be related to us. It doesn't mean that we have to, well, you know. Oh, we don't need to. We, we can't stop you. We can't stop you from coming into the house. We don't need to lay out the red carpet from you. And we can we can make it known that we'd rather you weren't in our house. Right. Mm-hmm. Even even Look, if I you're hope... related or connected to us. Yeah. Yeah. They're not saying right. In other words, that's yeah. They're not condemning him entirely. They're just saying you're not welcome here on a communal level. Look, I, I hope in the the course of political events, he and his and his uh, political group sort of it's not the first time problematic parties and and they are not the only problematic party in the Knesset depending on your perspective but I'm hoping that 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 this uh, again look I, I had students when I taught before the last election so I would go you know the last election coming up so I went through what the different parties were so my diaspora students would understand the basics of Israeli politics and explain the policies of this party and you know, so they they said, "Oh wow, that that sounds racist and homophobic." I said, "It is, it is." And then uh, there were the elections, and they went away for Passover break. And when when I resumed, several of them came to me and said, "You know, we went to people's houses for Passover, who voted for that party, but I thought you told us it was racist and homophobic." Wow. I said, "It is." And they said, "But these were lovely people who invited us to their house for Passover, relatives or cousins, or in some cases even their teachers." And I said, yeah, that's, they said, but how could they support that? I said, well, there's a, turns out that in, in the religious Zionist community in Israel, there is a degree of tolerance for racism and homophobia that, um, well, again, I I think not only as a person from an English speaking country finds problematic, but as a person who believes in the Declaration of Independence of the State of Israel finds Mike, I just, I just, want, to, I just want to push back yeah. just a little bit. Go ahead. And, and, and again, it's, it's not my politics either, but everyone has a, uh, like a pyramid of value. When, when we go to vote in Israel, we have a yeah. certain pyramid of values. Yeah. It's highly unlikely that, that the party we vote for, we will like everything about them. Um, we exactly. might like the leader and not the list. We might support the territorial right. issue, but not the so. There's all sorts of things. So we might agree with sixty percent of the policy, right. but disagree with forty percent, so, and we're looking you know, for the closest one. People who are people who put uh, the greater land of Israel above all values um, have. It's not the only choice, but it's 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 one of it's one of the few choices. And you could say, you know what, I don't like what he says about X. And I don't like what he says about why, but I do like mm-hmm. his position on A, B, and C. And therefore that, as in, you, you, I think you can Colour, vote. You're not disagreeing with me at all. That's what I said. No, but I, as in, you could, compl- st- you could still not have tolerance for... That's tolerance. Those- uh, that, that is tolerant. I, listen, I disagree with you about your racism as you, and your homophobia, but I'll still work with you because I agree on that, is tolerance. In other words, if I agree with... Sixty percent of your policy, and you're you have a a murder puppies policy. So, gee, I, I'd love to vote for your party, but.
But there's one, uh, there's one thing. It's not just like, well, you know, I disagree with your tax policies here. And I, but this murdering puppies thing, I just, I can't vote for you because you've just crossed a line. And if you say, well, you want to disenfranchise Arabs and, uh, and reduce civil rights for, for homosexuals and LGBTQ, I don't agree with it, but I can work with it. That is tolerance. I'll just also add that some, I think some of the people who did vote for him, who may also have, you know, be English speakers and from Western countries and hold liberal values and, and definitely disagree with Smotrich potentially on those issues. Um, Cause I, I definitely know that there's some people like that, but they want the voice like you guys, like you guys were saying before, they want that, that right wing greater Israel voice to still be heard in the Knesset. And they believe that he is a very strong voice for that, which he is. And they figure, okay, and, and the, the liberal voice, voices on social issues in the Knesset will still be there. And so I don't need, I'm going to vote for Smotrich because I don't need him to have that voice. And I know that there's other voices in the Knesset that will hold that space, that, you know, that sentiment, which I also agree yeah. with. But it's important for me that, thing- that, that the greater Israel sort of still maintains. Yeah. Here's the yeah. other thing that some Israeli voters did was they said, you know, I'm for all of greater Israel, but you know what? I'm going to vote for Yamina or some other very right-wing party or I, I don't, you know, and, and, and even if they're not as, as harsh on, you know, even if they're not as extreme on greater Israel and they're willing to make certain compromises, I'm going to vote for them because I'd rather make that slight compromise there than compromise my values of saying Arab peoples are garbage and shouldn't be citizens. That also is something Israeli voters do. Because they they felt intolerant towards intolerance, they were willing to compromise. So these are all. Um, no one's saying anything. No one's really disagreeing here. If you're willing to make your because you think every inch of Greater Israel is so important, you're willing to say, ah, I'll compromise, and I'll vote for a party that supports uh, uh, making gay, you know, treating gay people, a party whose pl- previous platform was to be a normal nation, liot am normali be'artzenu. A part, you know, to to to, I'll vote for a party that that openly is disrespectful and obnoxious to gay people. In the twenty first, in twenty twenty two. That's tolerance. I, I can work with that. I'd rather not. I'd rather they drop that part because I don't really agree with it. I don't think you should talk that way to homosexuals. But eh, I'll vote for them. That's tolerance. And I'm right, not. I, like I'm it, not I guess. It, it would be okay, interesting so, to, yeah. to to do a poll. I, I don't know how you would do this poll. Oh, well, but, we need, um, we need be to, have, to have, have them on the podcast. Yeah. I want to hear Mike Grill, a religious uh, Zionism um, uh, voter. You know, I'm not a big fan of grilling, and that's what I said to the students. Like, that's their decision, and you have to be respectful of them. And you see they're basically good people. You enjoyed yourself. You're right. There are nice people. But, you know, when you make your value decisions, this is exactly the kind of dilemmas we're faced with in life. And you have to decide where you're going to draw your lines. And it's okay for people that you have affection towards that you think are nice people for you to agree with them or for you to disagree with them and say, in my value system, I would do what they did. Or in my value system, I wouldn't do what they did. You're clearly getting a vibe from me that I disagree with them. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't eat at their house or, or, or you know, hang out with them. Or like, I'm not... Once of again, it's unclear you'd be disagree. invited, Mike. I think this is a... I don't think that's so unclear. Very few people invite me to anything. Mostly people who've met me. 
people who've met you don't but, invite you. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I hear yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I you think it would be an interesting poll to to do to see how many people, how many Smotrich voters voted for him because they agreed with him wholeheartedly about all the things he stands for, or because of the greater greater Israel issue and the yeah and the end and and maybe agree with him on on the Arabs. That and how many idea. people voted for him because Netanyahu told them to, and people like um, yeah, Netanyahu because they that thought that too. it would facilitate. And it's a Netanyahu-led government. I wouldn't guess at the proportions, but I have no doubt that it's a mixture. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for sure, for sure, you're going to find people who voted for for that party all over. Yeah. In every possible position. Yeah, it's I, th- I think it surprised people yeah. how many how many um, people how like, Absolutely. the exit polls were surprising in that regard. Yeah, and I, I would for me, I would say disappointed. And that is a value judgment, but I was very disappointed. And I, I am hopeful that in the future, um, that works itself out of the, the body politic, that that kind of, that those kinds of politicians lose their seats in Knesset and don't sit, whether, you know, it, it, poor security guards in the Knesset who have to throw out a members of Knesset for being openly racist from the rostrum of the Knesset is to me... Deep, that's a deeply painful moment in Israeli politics, and I hope we we grow past it. That's my perspective. So crazy, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, I guess depending on what happens in the, in the next election and and sort of over the next few years in Israeli politics, and whether or not this government sort of is able to keep it together, that your I mean, your hope might become a true prediction. We'll see. Maybe there won't be people like that in Knesset anymore. Eventually. Yeah, let's hope so. So I guess I will say thank you, Liel. Thank you, Kalev. It's the end of the episode. Bye-bye. Now that we're part of Masa, we decided to add a cool new segment to each episode. We're going to call the Masa Moment. There are so many people having amazing experiences here in Israel, and we just wanted you to feel part of it and know what's going on. So enjoy this week's Masa Moment. Hi, my name is Mia Raskin. I'm originally from Potomac, Maryland, and now I now attend Binghamton University. I'm an alumna of the Masa Israel program, Midrasha Torah Avodah, And I'm here to talk about my experience so far going from being a manager of the women's basketball team at a Division I school at Binghamton University to being a player on the roster and how Masa has helped me get to where I am today. And to say the least, I don't I don't think I would be as strong in my Jewish identity without having been able to go to Israel to the capacity that I was able to. I'm grateful for the relationships that I cultivated that really helped me understand the strength of, of being who I am and being proud of who I am and teaching others and taking advantage of every opportunity to get to know other people of different backgrounds and to share your own background. Being on the basketball team, I've really learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about what I'm willing to compromise and what I'm really not willing to compromise. Um, and I don't think, again, I'd be able to have done that without having been given a year to really explore myself in that in that capacity. The girls on the team have really given me this opportunity to share myself, for them to share themselves, and for and to really ask the whys and the whats. And because of that, it really checked, puts myself in, in, into some perspective, really checking myself and to make sure that everything that I'm doing has intention, and that everything I'm doing is, is for a meaningful reason. I think that 
the Jewish people are an Orla Goyim. Like we, we talk about it all the time and that, that we really have this, this, this obligation to be a light of, amongst the nations. And, but I also think that there, there's true value in, in the rest of the people in this world that aren't just Jewish. And the only way that we can really understand that is if we embrace each other as a community first in order to embrace others outside of the community as well. So I hope that if you take anything away from my, my message, it's, it's a couple things. One is put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to really share yourself, spread your light, spread your passion. Um, another thing is never stop trying, never stop dreaming. Uh, I always dreamt of playing Division One basketball and thought that my Judaism was just gonna be something to get in the way, an obstacle, but really it's a counterpart to my success. And that'd be the last thing, your Judaism does not have to be a bunch of no's and can'ts and rules, but it can really be a tool to leading a, lead to living a spiritual and meaningful life. I hope you have something to take away. Please feel free to reach out to me and read my, my blog post on the Times of Israel. Thank you so much for listening. Masat Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masat offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.